everyone. Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks. Thanks for tuning in once again. I always appreciate when you stop by. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. So check out all my friends at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on social media at Pantheon Pods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also check out The Hook Rocks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Hook Rocks. Check out all our latest episodes. We just did a great interview with Winger, George Lynch, and a few others as well. So it was always great to talk to George. It was like his fourth time on the show. And also a great conversation about the new Winger album, which uh, a lot of you enjoy. A lot of DMs saying that was one of the best interviews we've ever done. So I do appreciate that. We are part um, or we are on our way to our 500th episode and our four-year anniversary. So stay tuned for details on our anniversary show and our celebration of 500. So be on the lookout for that. And I'd like to welcome in our next guest. It's a return guest. He was on the show a couple of years ago when they released, when the band released their, their new album back then. And the band is Buck Cherry. And the guest is lead vocalist Josh Todd. What's happening, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very excited to embark on another uh, album cycle. You know, we're we're dropping volume ten June 2nd. We hit the road on Thursday with Skid Row, and it's just been going great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I had a chance to listen to the album, and as always, you know, there's the Buck Cherry sound. You know, it's rock and roll, but it's always got a a very great influence of R and B and soul with a little yes. bit of blues in it. And this album, especially with a lot of the songs, seems to really kind of dive more into the blues aspect of the influence, more so than maybe the previous couple of albums. Um, That's the first I've heard of that. I mean, that's cool yeah. uh, that you're getting, you're getting that. I mean, that's only uh, icing on the cake for us. You know, I mean, we're fans of all that stuff. And uh, we just want to make great records from beginning to end, records you can put on and leave on. And it's really just about uh, song by song, you know, making the best songs we can make. And, you know, we we got together with Marty Fredrickson again on this record and co-wrote a lot of songs with him, uh, he and I and Stevie. And same thing that we did on Hellbound. And it's just this good recipe and uh, it's working. Going from Hellbound into this album, Volume 10, out June 2nd, I remember our conversation last time, you know, everybody was kind of dealing with COVID, recording in different ways and doing different things to make the music work and to make the albums work and to make the songs work. What was different about this? Did you guys go back to that previous process that you guys knew before COVID? No, we do the same thing on every record. We we start with a clean slate. Um, we kind of, uh, just start writing and, um, you know, we're, we're always evolving as, uh, musicians and storytellers and, you know, getting better at our craft and, you know, uh, that's why I always like to start new, you know, we do sometimes revisit older songs that maybe didn't make records, um, occasionally, but not that often, you know, um, and it's just the same process, you know, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's, um, our goal is to just do what's best for the song and make sure we get the greatest songs we can get. What, um, what did you learn most about this recording process and this creative process? Um, after looking back on the lyrics, you know, I write all the lyrics and, uh, it's just more of a feel good time. The energy is, is different than Hellbound. You know, I mean, there was a lot of negativity going on with the pandemic and the, the election and all that stuff back then. And, um, so it's nice to have all that removed for a moment and um, to just focus on getting back to having a good time 
at, you know, making a good time rock and roll record for sure. Absolutely. There's a lot of different ways this journey goes on this new album, which is really exciting for all Buck Cherry fans and all fans of rock and roll. One of the songs that really impressed me was the song Pain, which yeah. is very introspective, very uh, detailed in either what you have gone through or what you've gone through, you know, done in your life. Was was that very personal for you, that song? Yeah, very personal. Um, it's kind of like... Uh... It's it's really kind of exposing myself on the voices that I never let anybody hear, you know, um, as far as like, you know, we all have a committee between our ears on a daily basis. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, I've I've been uh, I I treat uh, a disease that I've had since I was born. Uh, alcoholism, you know, um, I've been clean 28 years of drugs and alcohol. And uh, so it's constantly. um you know, I still have to deal with uh, what goes on between my ears, you know, because that's the problem. You know, the drinking and using was just a symptom of the problem, you know. So, you know, it's a it's a very personal song for me. And um, I think, you know, a lot of people deal with that. And um, everybody has pain in their life, you know, where it's mental pain, physical pain, you know, and I think people can relate to it. Writing about that and kind of tapping into that subject matter what is the process for you i mean sometimes people go back and they have a different perspective on things and they have a a different look at something that caused them grief or caused them anxiety or pain like the title of the song and to go back into that can be painful too in itself what was your yeah with writing that yeah but i mean i like that i like to experience all my emotions you know like feels like love is one emotion pain is another emotion uh, keep on fighting and so on, you know, um, good time. Let's get wild. You know, these are all sides of me, you know, I, sides to every human being, you know, and, um, the challenge as a songwriter is to kind of take a piece of yourself to attach it to a song so that you can, uh, access that part of you when you're singing it over and over again every night. And then also write it in a way where you feel like a lot of people can relate to it with, uh, you know, the way you, you, uh, word it and the journey that you take through the song, you know? So, um, that's what I try to do. Uh, and, uh, uh, hopefully everybody will enjoy that part of the record. Yeah. I always, you know, we all deal with things throughout our lives, right? Challenges and, and issues that sometimes go unresolved. And you mentioned, you know, your sobriety for the last 28 years and, yep. you know, you know, that's something that, you know, st you keep building on each day, you know, that you keep, you know, you never forget the addiction issue that you have. You never forget, you know, what, what's no, the, I don't. the sobriety, you know, but, you know, when you are able to reflect on those things and you are able to talk about those things in your case through a song, you know, what is that, what does that mean for you um, being able to open up and be comfortable opening up? It means everything to me. I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be honest with my presentation as an artist, no matter what, you know, even if that means it's not going to work for me. And you know what, over the years, sometimes it has worked against me, you know, but, um, uh, that's part of it. That's part of, uh, learning and growing and getting to new levels. And, um, I think people, when they go see a band, they can sniff out bullshit. You know what I mean? And I just want to be authentic, you know, and, uh, that means I gotta, 
I got to say what's going on with me, you know what I mean? And I've done that throughout the history of BC and the bands I was in prior to this, you know, and all the, all the records that I really liked were bands that were doing that, you know, so that's it. Yeah. It's, there's some sort of admiration that fans have or my, myself have for artists like yourself and, and bands that do go into subject matters that maybe not be, you know, considered rock and roll, you know, it's considered a little deeper. <laughs> and, and I think, as we all do every day of our lives, we keep evolving and we keep adapting to what we have in front of us in terms of our lives. And, you know, to, to be able to send that message out to people who may have gone through things similar to you and know the message that you're trying to convey in the song, I think that's nothing but positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope, uh, you know, we have a lot of those kind of, uh, that kind of feedback, you know, I can't wait for it to hit the street. This is the moment where you kind of give birth as an artist. You know, you've been, you've been marinating on this, this body of work for a while and you know what it is and you feel great about it, but you don't know what the public, how the public's going to receive it. So I'm very excited for June 2nd. What's that like for you? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. You talked about, you know, this is the moment where you're, you know, you're the eve of the release, you know, where it's about to hit the street and fans are either going to love it or hate it, or be in between somewhere, you know, for you to keep, you know, for you to do this as long as you have, do you get used to this moment before a record release? Never, you know, and I have to really uh, work on it. You know what I mean? Because for me, expectations are the road to resentment. You know what I mean? I have to have no expectations and just be, you know? And part of that is like, I, I can't, I got to almost take myself out of the equation and not, not go online and try to see what people are saying and all that kind of stuff. Just be an artist and just know that uh, it's going to be out there and, and, and that eventually I will, I will know how it's affecting people from the live performances and the meet and greets and all the stuff that we do, you know, as far as interacting with our fans and just try to stay out of it, stay in my lane and, and uh, enjoy. You know, the producer that work you worked or you worked with on this album, Marty Fredrickson, is part of the Four Horsemen, which is a, a group of producers. And yeah. I had the pleasure of having Scott Stevens on the show a few months ago. And we had this okay. conversation about songwriting. Mm -hmm. And the question that we discussed was, what's more important to a song, the melody or the lyrics? Where do you stand on that? Oh, my God. It's both those things are the most important, melody and lyrics and musical hooks. You know, I mean, that it's it's really... The whole composition, how you put it together, the arrangement, you can have a great melody and great lyrics. And if it's not put together right, it's going to fall flat. You know, you have to, you know, you have to write and rewrite and write some stinkers to get to those great songs, you know. Um, and uh, and then once you've done it a long time, you can start kind of figuring out when a song is not good before all that happens, you know, and you can get in there. And, and uh, beat it into shape, you know, um, it's, it's always a learning process, writing songs, you know, and you're always looking for the next song that's going to, you know, change your life for sure. What starts first with you is, is it the lyric or is it a melody? And then you try to match the lyrics to the melody that you, that you've thought of. How does that work? I mean, most of the time it's from me getting a composition, a musical composition with nothing on it, you know? And then I just, I kind of listen to the song for a second. Sometimes a melody will pop in my head right away. Sometimes it takes a second. Sometimes I have to ask myself, what is, what kind of emotion is this song bringing out of me? I'll ask myself, 
I like to be alone when I write lyrics and come up with everything. So I just kind of take it and I go in my cave and I just, yeah, I'm a mad scientist. I try to like uh, beat it into shape. I've always had a knack for writing words and melodies. And um, so, yeah, most of the time it happens that way where I'll just get a composition, you know, and then sometimes I'll just write three chords on a guitar and I'll write the whole thing. Like, sorry, came that way. You know, I wrote the whole song on three chords and then it just, it needed help, you know, and then, you know, Keith and Marty and I beat it into shape right there before they got over the finish line. And then boom, it, it like, it got to a new level. You know what I mean? So sometimes it'll happen that way. Sometimes I'll be in the shower and I'll just, you know, I'll, I come up with a lot of melodies in the shower for some reason, and I'll just scat it into my phone and I'll just write the whole thing, you know? Um, and then I'll go, I'll go to Stevie and I'll say, Hey Stevie, I got this song, you know, I just, we got to find a key. And then I want you to, I want it to be like this and I'll kind of give him a past song example. And then I'll let him run with it. You know, um, uh, that happened with the way on hellbound, you know, um, stuff like that. It's always interesting to hear people's different process and, and how they come about, how they create, you know, in a, in a world of music, there's a lot of cookie cutterism, as I call it, right? You know, there's a lot of bands kind of striving kind of for the same thing. However, you've always kind of remained an individual. You know, the band has been kind of an individual, if that makes sense, in this world of rock. How do you maintain that individualism within the band? I mean, that wasn't the plan, but that's what it's been like our whole career. We've been on this little island by ourselves and um, just had this kind of quiet long history you know um and that's just the way it was i mean that's the way it, it, it kind of uh panned out you know like uh when we dropped our record in 99 it was it was the middle of the rap rock movement and um you know what i call those shoegazer bands where the guys are wearing buddy holly glasses and playing you know rock music and looking at their shoes and there was a lot of that and uh we just weren't any of that you know you know what i mean and, um, but we had a certain charm and we had some songs and, and, and we really worked hard on the road, you know, that's where we put in all our time and we got this great fan base started and, and we've just cultivated that over 24 years now and kept dropping records and kept coming up with content and, you know, had some hits along the way. And, and before you know it, here we are on our 10th record. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause I remember when you guys first came out in 99, you know, I was kind of a child of that, that glam era of 80s and early 90s and then it kind of went away and it was kind of rock was kind of a downer you know for a while and and there really wasn't much to get excited about and i was watching mtv one day and this video came on for lit up and i'm like who's this this is <laughs> this is right up my alley you know so and it was oh, so fuck, great yeah. because like you mentioned there was the like the limp biscuits and there was the you know the the cookie cutter bands and stuff like that too that really weren't inspiring that really weren't moving the needle for me as a music fan and it was nice to see a band like buck cherry come through that whole part of 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 that decade yeah, and I'm not saying there were some really great bands in those genres, but I'm I'm just saying that we just didn't fit into the mold. And, um, I, you know, that's okay. I mean, that's been my life, you know, since since uh, I can remember. You know, I never fit in any mold. I never followed uh, the mainstream ever. So uh, I, I didn't think much of it. When you put together an album like Volume 10 and, and you're creating and you're writing the songs, are you trying to to – write a collection of songs 
Or are you trying to stay with a flow and a theme throughout the record? Not so much a concept, but just kind of maintain kind of in that bubble of a record. Yeah, like with songwriting, you know, we write a lot more songs than what you hear on the record. You know, like there was about 26 songs to pick from for a 10 song record. And you know what? When you when you're writing, the cream rises to the top. Once you start getting like a really good song, then you kind of that raises the bar. Now, now every song has to be this good, you know, and so then you start working harder and you start getting excited and then you get a couple more that fit in with that great song, you know, and then you got like four great songs and then you kind of, that's like the, the yoke of the record, right? And you're like, okay, this is what it's got to be now. And then you just kind of fine tune that all the way to the end till you got 10 that all sound like they belong together. You know what I mean? And, um, that's what we do. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. During this process, when you're when you're writing, you know, there's always a direction of the of the music and there's always an evolution of the band. Do you feel that immediately when you're when you start in the creative process? Because you just experienced things the last year, two years on a on a different cycle with a different album, and you've evolved because of that. So you come into this creative process and you're like, hey, you know what? Let's, you know, let's let's write some tunes, and you feel a difference. Is that is that apparent when you do this? You know, it's it's weird. I've been doing this since I was 15, right? So I can always start feeling inside of me like oh i need to 
I need to write some songs. Like I can put it down for a while. Like after I, after you finish a record, you're exhausted. It's the last thing you want to do is write another song, you know, and then time goes by and you're out there and you're, you know, talking about it and you're playing shows and yada, yada. And a year goes by and all of a sudden that thing builds up in me again. I want to, I want to create, I want to create something from nothing. I want to build something, you know, and I just have that in me and Stevie has that in him and Marty has that in him, you know? And so, um, you know, you got to just align yourself with like-minded people. That's really important to making a great record, you know, and to having a great band as well. Do you like when you're recording with Marty, do you like when a producer pushes you or makes you feel uncomfortable? It's a delicate balance. You know, you don't want him to do it so much to where you feel like, uh, you know, you're uncomfortable, you know, and you're not, you're not feeling um, like you're in your zone. And that's, what's great about Marty. He, he's really good. He, you know, he gets in there with a lot of artists. So, and he's really a talented guy and, and um he gets to know you and he can just kind of feel, you know, where you're at as, you know, the, he, he understands my range. He understands kind of how I tick. He understands what to pull out of me. He understands when to push me and when to not push me. He understands when to um, let me go with something. Cause I, he knows I'm gonna, I'm gonna nail it, you know, whatever that is like, Hey, let me write, let me write this section. Uh, I have an idea and he's, you know, he can trust me in that way. And I trust him in that way. Like he'll, sometimes he'll send me melodies and I'll be like, that melody is better than mine. And I will write words over his melody, stuff like that. You know, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of, um, trust with the other person. And it's a very, um, you know, writing songs is very intimate, you know? So you gotta, you gotta make sure you like who you're with. You know, I just had a conversation with Kip Winger and I asked him about his process and, he made a mention, I'm paraphrasing here, that he could be in a battlefield and chaos all around him. And he can get into his zone and write what he wants to write without any influence outside. That's great. Yeah. How, how is that for you? Does that is that something similar or are you more inclined to consume and absorb what's around you? Totally similar because it all comes from my mind. Like I, I never understood all these artists that say, oh, they got to have a room set up like this. In order to get a vibe, they got to have this fucking thing sitting on this mantle and it's got to be dark and they got to write at four in the morning and they got to be fucked up and all this bullshit. I'm like, fuck that. Stick me in a closet with a song and I'll come out with a song, you know, stick me anywhere because it's coming from my head. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to I don't need to have anything on the wall. I don't give a fuck where I'm at. You know, I'm going to write songs wherever I'm at. You know, that's that's why, uh, you know, it it doesn't matter, you know, it's really just about uh, what's going on inside of you. Yeah. It's an interesting because I, I really appreciate that because you are who you are. Right. And, and you, you have experiences throughout the day that build to that creativity or build into that creativity. But once you're writing, you're just taking what you have in your mind and the files that you have in your brain and your, you know, your, the output then comes. Yeah. My, my, my instrument and everything comes from within. So I don't have to have any magic potion or setup or Kim, you know, it doesn't matter. Just, just give me the music, give me a template, you know, give me somebody else who I can work off of, you know, a good musician and we can come out with songs, you know. Have you ever tried to do it the other way or has it always been this way for you? Well, what is the other way? Like, what do you mean? 
having that set up that room at 4 a.m. and all that kind of stuff have you just no, no. Like I, I don't I don't need that I don't know I, I never tried that because it's just nonsense you know I just think that it's all it's all filler you don't need all that shit to make good music you just need to get into action and start you know you guys are set to go on tour with Skid Row who just released a, a great album I don't know if it was earlier this year or late last year um and they're hitting a the row with a new vocalist and you guys have really been touring a lot over the last couple of years, minus the pandemic. I just saw you when you came around in the Chicago area at the Displains Theater with Blacktop Mojo, which was a great show. Oh, thanks. What? They're, they're awesome, guys. Yeah, Good they band. are. They're great. They're a great band. As far as touring goes, you know, we hear now that the album supports the tour, whereas the tour used to support the album. As things have evolved in the music industry. Are you comfortable with this new way or is it adapt or die at this point? Oh yeah. I mean, it's been changing so rapidly since 1999 when we dropped our first record. I mean, we're just so used to it and it's just like, okay, where are we at in the climate of today and how, how are people marketing records and what are we going to do, you know, to fit into that? That's really it from the business side of things. You got to, or you, you know, or you're dead in the water, like you're saying. Yeah. It just seems like things are adapting from week to week now. You know, I mean, you, you read something, yep. you, you see something different and, you know, as fans, it's, it's hard to keep up. I can imagine what it's like <laughs> for a band or, or an artist like yourself. Yeah. But one thing that's not going to go away is people want to get out of the house. They want to go do something and they want to go to see live music. And, you know, thank God we worked really hard on the road over the years and, based our reputation on that. And, you know, so people still come out to Buck Cherry shows year round. And I'm so grateful for that because we can't do this without, you know, people showing up. So, um, you know, that's the good news. Um, and everything else, you just got to kind of roll with the punches. About this tour coming up, what excites you? Are there different places that you haven't played in a while? I mean, obviously touring with Skid Row. Um, what's this journey going to be like? Yeah, we've already done a whole month with them. It was amazing. We sold out a lot of shows. This is the second leg coming up. Um, we leave Thursday. And, you know, we're, we uh, work really well together. You know, um, like you said, they have a great new singer, Eric. He's really um, cool dude as well, an amazing vocalist. And so they got their whole thing is dialed in. They got They got the songs and they just dropped a new record. And, you know, so it's all working. And a lot of people are coming to the shows. So... We did a second leg starting Friday night, and then we're going to do that, and then we're doing a third leg with them. We're, we're going to go up into Canada and, and the States and everything, so it's, it's it's going good. Is that pretty much going to be your year as we're touring with them, or are there things afterwards? <clears throat> Absolutely, but we're going to be doing our own headlining shows in between those tours as well, but yeah. And as far as touring now in the U.S. and, and around the globe, wherever you go, there's a lot of differences since the pandemic. You know, I was just talking with, with, uh, I think it was Tuck Smith who said there were five to seven holds on venues now, which is just really hard to book a tour. Are you experiencing the same thing? You and Skid Row? Mm, no, not that I know of, but uh, of course, uh, you know, I got enough on my plate. You know, that's my booking agent, my manager. They, they handle so much, so many things that I don't even hear about, you know? Yeah. Well, the new album arrives June 2nd everywhere. Yes, sir. Everywhere. Go buy the physical copy, too, as well, on the website, buckcherry.com. And Josh, man, it's been a blast. Thank you very much. 
Hey man, thank you so much and uh, look forward to getting out to the rock show and come and see us somewhere in your area at some point. Absolutely, man. All right. Thank you very much. Be good, man. Take care. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.